just remain in this place. You know, Jesus is here with us this morning. Amen. Our first reading comes from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 43 to 47. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And the second reading is 1 Corinthians 14, 26 to 40. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn, so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home, for it is improper for a woman to speak in the church. Or did the word of God originate with you? Or are you the only people it has reached? If anyone thinks they are a prophet or otherwise gifted by the Spirit, let them acknowledge that what I am writing to you is the Lord's command. But if anyone ignores this, they will themselves be ignored. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should, should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Amen. Thanks, Cathy. <laughs> Look, there's two, there's two ways of having a reading like that. You can either take out that section and make a big issue out of it, or, and it's like, which, which way do we do it? So let's just deal with the elephant in the room, shall we? Because <laughs> clearly there is one. Um, well, maybe there isn't. The, the response of the congregation was interesting, obviously, when we got to that point. 
So obviously, I don't want to get sidetracked, but let's just deal with this. You've got to get the context. It's very clear, 1 Corinthians 11, Paul um, uh, is behind women in ministry, he's behind women leading, he's behind women preaching and prophesying and all of that. It goes without saying, it's there in uh, 1 Corinthians 11. So when we look at something like that, we have to put it in the context of 1 Corinthians 11. Um, People say, what about Timothy? Do you know that Timothy as a letter was not written to the church? It was written to Timothy. It was a personal letter about a specific situation. And they had a certain, which I won't go into now, I've got time, certain situation with a group of women who were widows causing problems in the church. So that's what Timothy is about. Here in Corinthians, this is not about uh, a big structured gathering like this, uh, you know, temple style. This is about people gathering in the home. And the home was the domain of women. It was when you came into the home, things changed in the culture. And there's a number of things in scripture about about women that are misunderstood. Head coverings was like a wedding ring. Wearing a head covering meant you were married and you weren't available. So you had to wear a head covering to stop people pursuing you. So that's what that piece is about. Stuff like that, you know, context really helps, right? This... um, is simply the thing of a certain women in that time, at that uh, situation, within the home environment, their husband would prophesy and the woman would stop them to go, I don't agree, or something like that, probably because they'd had an argument in the day or something. And Paul is addressing that. It's not a one-time, it's a, sorry, it's a one-time deal, specific contextually. It is not a truth that stands for all time in all church situations. So let's just knock that on the head, and let me tell you that uh, Paul uh, commissioned a lady called Lydia, who transformed the church. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila were a couple, but um, Priscilla was the leader of the church, not Aquila. And uh, these are people he put in places of authority to lead congregations. That's all I'm going to say on that. I think it's pretty clear here that we're, you know, we, we love everyone to be uh, leading in ministry. Um, so, what we really want to talk about is not that, because um, it's not often I don't agree with something that's in Scripture. But obviously, contextually, you can understand why I might say that. Right, we're talking today about kingdom family communities, and it's really exciting. I'm not going to give you a big you know, going through the scriptures, blah, 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 like that. Because what I want to try and capture for you today is a culture. And um, what we're doing with this um, new, I don't even want to call it a structure, because um, I don't think that's helpful language. Um, What we are seeking to do is to create spaces uh, that are smaller than the gathered Sunday setup where the spirit can be fully present, powerful, in operation, and those of us in the room get to participate um, in whatever the Lord is doing in that moment. And so we've called them kingdom family communities because our focus, firstly, is kingdom. 
you know that about the church here. Kingdom come is something that we put on lots of you know, flyers and things. We've called our conference Kingdom Come. It's a phrase that we hear a lot. It's in, I did have the 2033 thing up here. It's gone missing. But the, in 2033, that kind of concept is, is very big in, in our church culture. We are about the kingdom. We want to see it grow. We say, you've heard of the, the theology of the kingdom is now and not yet. We say the kingdom is now much, 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 much louder than we say the kingdom is not yet. That's our kind of theological position. That's why miracles happen. That's why God is on the move, because we expect him to be on the move. And we expect him to be working miraculously in ways that we can see among us, not just quietly underneath the scenes. So the kingdom and the concept and the culture of the kingdom is so ingrained in everything that we do and that needs to carry on in whatever the small community uh, environment is that we're seeking to create. So what, when we talk about the kingdom, uh, first of all, we're talking about, um, well, it depends how you look at it. This isn't a sort of structured order. But we're talking about the presence of God. We gather around the presence of God. We camp, if you like, to use an Old Testament thing. In the Old Testament, they, they camped around the presence of God. Uh, but the church has learned to camp around the sermon. And everything in the service is structured towards the sermon. And it's like, this is now the meat. But that's not what the people of God did. They camped around his presence. And so did the New Testament church. And that's why in their homes, you've, the, the passage from Corinthians is about what's happening in the home. They couldn't keep away. They wanted to meet together because they were excited about what God was doing in their lives. And when they met together, everyone was so excited because the Spirit showed up. And they're all prophesying at the same time. They're all speaking in tongues at the same time. And the whole place is in chaos. So when Paul says, when you prophesy, one at a time, he's saying... Don't prophesy over the top of each other. Because if you do that, you're stopping the, what the Lord wants to do. You're not uh, harnessing his presence correctly. So don't hear when you read that passage that God is a God of order. You know, and that everything has to be structured so carefully because he's a God of order. It's not saying that. It's saying God is not chaos. That's what it's saying. And so there needs to be some level of understanding about how we do ministry in an environment where everyone is pumped and filled with the presence of God and they can't stop themselves from prophesying um, or from healing the sick or whatever it is that's happening in that moment. So we want to create spaces that enable that to happen at a family level. So we have what we have on a Sunday and it's exciting and it's great but let's find a way of doing that in a smaller setting. Some of you, I mentioned earlier, will have experience of small groups that perhaps wasn't what you're hoping it would be. Now, I think the main reason for that, uh, and I know a lot of us have got great experiences of small groups as well, so I'm not knocking small groups per se at all, but I think one of the cultures that comes in, because as people, 
We like to be in charge. We like to know what's happening. We like to be in control. Um, we need to know what's going to happen that night. So if I can know that I'm going to arrive and be welcomed and maybe we'll have coffee or maybe we'll eat something and then I know that we're going to look at the Bible or maybe we'll pray first, we're going to look at the Bible, read a passage and then someone is going to come and share a Bible study whether they do that in a sermon-like setting or asking questions or, you know, or an inductive Bible study where you're really scribbling on the pages and pulling out whatever you get. What, that, that stuff's all good but some people need to have that safety net of structure uh, to feel safe in the environment. The problem comes when the structure becomes something that we absolutely need because then you crush the life out of the spirit. And so the danger with the traditional home groups is we've overstructured it or we've landed on a structure that seems to work and so there's no space for God to do what he wants to do in the moment. And we need to create and find ways to gather together without that limitation. So in the way we've set these groups up, we have not put a hard structure on it. And that might be scary because the core culture underneath the kingdom family community obviously is the culture of the kingdom as a culture of family, but underneath it sits a foundation of freedom. And freedom is scary because you can't control freedom. Yeah, it's exciting. Freedom is something that everyone goes, yes! But when they see it in operation, they go, ooh, I'm not sure I want that. Because you can't control it. But here's the thing, and I've nicked this from Danny Silk, but I find it really helpful. When, uh, when the rules and the structures are high and you know, given uh, a level of importance, the love is low. But when the love is high and chaos ensues... Uh, when the love is high... <laughs> I mean that. When, when love is high... It, it creates an environment that can feel chaotic because love requires freedom. It's, you, you don't get to love God in a culture without freedom because then you're a robot, you know, and it's <coughs> like a robot. So freedom has to be the, a dominant culture within this and it creates problems. So in the training of the leaders, some of them were like, we don't know how to do this. Because, you know, you're not giving us hard structures. And we're like, we know. <laughs> we know we're not. But we believe in you. And we believe in your ability to hear what he's saying. And we believe that, you know, when we come and we go, Lord, what do you want to do? He's going to show up. Let me illustrate it like this. On one of the training sessions, we modeled potentially what an, an evening might look like. Okay, so we started, uh, I think we had a bit of a simple, hi everyone, uh, you know, gather together. Then we thought, let's worship. We didn't use any musicians. We had plenty in the room, but we didn't use them on purpose. James just started a song and we joined in. No music accompaniment. And it was really powerful. And there's a really funny moment where he forgot the words and everyone else in the room forgot the words. 
And we thought, oh, it was really, because it was a family environment, we laughed together in the middle of worship. <gasps> we laughed. We laughed. And, um, and it, was, it wasn't awkward. It wasn't, uh, you know, cat-handed or anything like that. It was, this is fun because we're family. And then someone got the words on their phone and just took over the leading of the song, right? But it was powerful and the presence of God showed up. Guess what? It wasn't planned. (gasps) (laughs) Then we did some other things, a bit of prayer and some ministry with some of the leaders. And then we said, who wants to take a risk? And three people put their hands up, said, I'm up for it. They had no idea what we were going to ask them to do. And then we said, well, we've already been talking about the theme that uh, heaven is here. So you've got two minutes to go. We were, we were meeting over here in a sort of, we made it look a bit like a living room. And we, went, we got them to go out into the porch. And we said, you've got two minutes to preach on heaven is here. And no preparation whatsoever. Three different people, three different sets of gifts, three different journeys in uh, how they uh, perceive God and, and understand him. Three very, very different, punchy, short messages. One very telling stories, didactic, kind of teaching gift coming out quite strongly. The next one, very, very prophetic. And, um, uh, you know, speaking from a dream and, and coming at it from that angle. And the next one, very apostolic. And they were different. And they all said something different. But they shared from their journey and their own spirit, this is what that means to me. And all of us in the room learned something and went away with something fresh. Now, they had no time to prepare, but the life of the spirit was alive in the room. And it led to an encounter uh, with his presence after they'd finished. That's the kind of thing we're talking about, okay? So also embedded into this thing of kingdom is risk. And we're asking the leaders of the groups to get anyone who's part of the group to take risks. Step up and do something. And you know what we did when those three uh, in the uh, example evening we did? After everyone finished, we went, yeah, And everyone was cheering and clapping. And it just felt like this beautiful family moment where we were celebrating who they are, what the message they'd given, and the gift that God had released through them. So this is different because it, it has a very simple structure, but let's call it a culture. We're really seeking to create a cultured environment that enables God to move among us and for all of us to grow in our leadership ability and our ministry anointing. Now, you're never going to be forced to do something that you can't see yourself doing. But you will be encouraged to. Okay? And we want people to step up. Because guess what? This is how we find out what the ministries are that people carry in the church. And then the home group, uh, the KFC leaders come and say, hey, so-and-so gave this message the other day, and it was charged, and everyone fell on the floor, you know, or whatever, you know. But then we find out what the Lord is up to, and everyone is included, 
and gets to be a part of this. This is what I'm trying to um, capture for you. Do you see the sort of culture? So we expect the presence of God to show up. We expect miracles to happen. Why? Because he's there. (laughs) He's in us and he wants out. And one of the ways he gets out is through doing miracles, which is super exciting. Um, We expect that in the environment of a kingdom family community, the ability to hear God will increase. That dreams and all that prophetic stuff will increase because we're being encouraged in that space to release those gifts. And, you know, it's down to the whoever's leading the moment, and it might not be your group leaders, it might be someone else who's saying, I want you to lead the ministry or whatever. It's down to them to navigate that. And if the strong prophets, you know, because they get stuff all the time, maybe say, hey, you guys just keep your mouth shut. Let's allow those who don't uh, operate in this so confidently to speak. And obviously you can do it however you want. There's plenty of time to practice all this. But that's the kind of thing we're talking about. I mentioned leadership training. We're investing in a group of people who are then going to be investing in everyone else. And out of that, leaders will be trained and developed. And this will be one of the primary places that that happens in the life of our church family, which is super exciting. So that leads to growth in ministry um, and, uh, and practice and gifts. Uh, releasing the Spirit's power and ultimately heart set free. Okay? Oh, I nearly fell off then. <laughs> That's the ministry side, the kingdom side of what this looks like. But then there's family because it's all embedded in the culture of family. Uh, in the video we watched, um, it starts with the Trinity. Uh, you see, it says, in the beginning, doesn't it? Uh, I've got it here. What does it actually say? It's beautiful. It says, you see, uh, not quite in the beginning, before anything came into existence in heaven, there was God, a family of persons. You know, um, God has revealed himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and God is family already. And we, I think it's to Peter, are invited to participate in the divine nature. And the divine nature, of course, primarily is love, but flowing out of it is family. And we get to participate and be part of it. So that's at the heart of this thing we're doing that we're not calling small groups. That why, and that's why we're calling it Kingdom Family Communities. So I picked up the wrong thing then. So family is what we're going after. And we're, we're looking, talking about family. We're thinking more about extended family. That might be helpful. So we're not suggesting that in this group of 15 to 25 people, the the deepest things in your heart that you're ashamed of, we're not saying that that's the space to just open that out in front of everyone. It might be appropriate that there's somebody within that group that it is appropriate to do that with. But like extended family, where I might share with Dolly whatever's going on, but I might not share it with Samuel or Barney for whatever reason... You know, we're talking about, um, think of this, or or I might not share it with, you know, Uncle Fred or whatever. I haven't got an Uncle Fred, but um, think of it like extended family. I'm for all my family. I want them all in a good space. But I'm not going to share the deepest yearnings of my heart with my whole family 
unless the Lord releases me to do that in that moment. And that's down to my walk with him. Okay, so think of it more like extended family. But we are saying build deep relationships. We are saying open up and become vulnerable. Because if we all do that together, then we all get to champion each other into the stuff that God is calling us to. So that's so exciting. Um, We want to break out of individualism. Our society is so individualistic and so fake. You know, I don't go on it anymore, but you know, all the social media stuff, people post this amazing looking life. And everybody knows it just doesn't look like that. We all have struggles. We all have things that, yes, it might look like that one day. And that's awesome and exciting. And you might have an amazing period of time. And then something hits the family. And you're like, oh, we've got to deal with this. You know, that, that's all important. But being able to do that in family. You know, if someone is struggling um, in, a, in a kingdom family community, we want to be able to say, listen... I love you in your struggle, but I love you too much to leave you there. Because, you see, sympathy locks people into their problem, and it goes, there, there, I'm really sorry, let's lick your wounds type thing. Compassion says, I'm really sorry, what are you going to do about it? How are we going to get you to a stronger place? And that's what the culture we're looking at in terms of family and the sort of uh, amongst kingdom family communities. New friends included and adopted. These are not static groups. These are going to be moving and changing and adapting all the time because it might be the access point for somebody into the life of our church family. And you might meet someone and go, hey, you know, Sunday morning or uh, evening meeting might not be the right thing for you, but why don't you come along to my Kingdom family community and see what happens there? And maybe that's the right space for them. And then that's how they get adopted into who we are as a church family. So there's got to be space for that, for these things to grow and adapt. And obviously as new people join the church uh, to be fed into, but once they hit a, you know, roughly 2025, we're going, right, we need to get ready to birth a new family. Now, yes, it's painful because it's painful to say goodbye But that's part of life. Children leave the family home and it's painful. You know, it's part of family life. And so we want to use that language of birthing new family communities. Birthing, of course, is painful too. Uh, I know it results in, uh, obviously, a baby that is incredible and, and they come into the family. But we're talking about there's that other point where children leave the family home to go off and start their own families. And we want that culture to be embedded in uh, how we do this. So the groups will not be static. And we realize that that is, you know, creates questions. It's not always easy, but it is kingdom. Um, And then uh, I guess the last point on that in terms of family is needs shared and owned by all. Now, that can happen in different ways, but um, uh, let me just illustrate what I'm trying to share with you with a story, and then I'm going to come on to some practicals. The closest thing I have seen to a kingdom family community was a group that I was a part of 
and one or two others in this church family who've been part of this as well, um, out in America, and it's a, a bigger than what we're doing. So these are groups of 70, 70 to 75 people. But within this environment, we had one leader, and at the beginning of the year, we were with these people for about 10 months. And in that time, there's a particular girl that I just wanted to share with you this story called Kelly, amazing woman. But when she arrived in the group, she was, she was about 18. She was really timid and quiet, uh, quite shy. And she sat in the corner of the room looking quite depressed. Um, she was quite cool in terms of her dress sense. She was really into music. She had a couple of tats. And, uh, you know, just... Um, uh, but kind of a shrinking violet, if you like, not really contributing much to the environment. And then as the year went on, because we were all seeking to love one another into a stronger place, the transformation in this young woman was extraordinary to see uh, before our eyes. There were moments of encounter that brought incredible change. So she had a condition where the enamel on her teeth uh, was damaged for whatever reason, and it meant her teeth were quite abrasive. And one time in a worship session, uh, her teeth got re... I don't know if they were reformed. I don't know what happened, but she, she was going like this. <laughs> and her teeth felt good again, and they, there was no blood, because she often had blood in her mouth because of this problem, and she was healed of it. Okay, And that was just out of a time of worship, which is awesome, but then loads of other stuff happened. Today, this shy, timid girl, who's probably about uh, 26 or something, she's married to an amazing guy. She's ministering in worship. Uh, I, think, I think she's still, she's a Texan, but I think she's still at, um, doing stuff at Bethel um, in the music team there, the worship team. Um, she is a foster mum. And they foster these kids in extraordinary circumstances. And there's very little she's allowed to share publicly. But she can share, you know, um, sort of little stories without naming anything and, you know, all that. And it's amazing that they're turning children's lives around. And they're not her own kids, but she's got a mother thing going on. Now, when she was sitting in the corner of the room, nobody knew that. And you think, gosh, life must be hard for her. But in, in 10 months, her life was utterly transformed. And now, what are we talking, seven years later? Uh, six, seven years later, she is changing the world. And that started in something that looks like a kingdom family community. And that's what we are aiming for. For people to come in who might be in that place and leave to be changing the world in some way. Um, and it, it's incredible. So, I hope that captures some of the culture. Why did we put those passages up? They're the passages we've used to really try and dig into this and work out how to put the right culture in place. So, Acts 2, really well-known passage about the early church. But you know, Acts 2 makes it look like it was really sort of ordered and structured. It was total chaos. I mean, how could it not be in Acts 2... Uh, that 3,000 new believers were added to the church immediately before that passage, you know. And then it says at the end, the Lord daily added to their number those who were being saved. This is a pretty chaotic thing because it's full of life and it hasn't had the structure 
rammed down its throat to lose that life. So this, this is part of the journey that we've been on to try to understand this. 1 Corinthians 14 is like, well, look, how do we create an environment for God to move in that way? And that's what we've drawn from them. So do dig in later if you want to do more on that. But I want to just talk some practical things um, about how this is going to work. First of all, um, we're going to make one change, which is really important. Um, I think we've said up till now that, um, you know, people who've been worshipping with the church for six months or more uh, can join um, a kingdom family community. Um, it just doesn't feel like that's what the Spirit's doing. So we're going to not do that. And we're going to say anyone who feels like Chanctonbury is their church family and that you are now worshipping here can sign up for a kingdom family community. So if you've only been here for two months, don't worry. If this is your home church, you can sign up. That's fine. If you're not sure, then we just ask you to wait a bit just to honour the fact that these community groups need to launch and get to know each other, and having loads of people coming in and out is not going to help that. So if you're not sure, please um, just hold off for a bit, because it won't be long before there's another opportunity to join one of these groups. But if you consider Chanctonbury, whichever congregation you're in, as part of your church family, you can sign up. After the service today, you will receive an email, if we have your email, um, and it will invite you to sign up. On the email, uh, we'll give you some information, uh, the video, the Kingdom Family videos on it as well, um, and then at the bottom of the email are pictures of all the group leaders, and then a button which you can click to join that group, and then all you need to do, it takes you to the next page, where you put in your name, your phone number, and your email address. Um, that goes into our church management um, software, and then we will pass your details on to the group leaders, um, and they will contact you to let you know when and where your first group will be meeting, etc., etc. A couple of things with that. Um, you might think, but hold on, I don't know any of the guys that were standing up here. That's okay. You've got two options. The first option is um, at the very bottom of the email, it says no preference group or something like that. If you, ha- if you just don't know which group to join at all, you can click that and then we, the team, will uh, about three or four of us, will go through everyone who's ticked that box and ask the Holy Spirit to get you into the right group. That's what we're going to do. So if you want to entrust it to us, you're welcome to do that and we will place you. Um, But the other thing is, if the Holy Spirit, just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, which group should I join? And just, you know, you'll probably get a sense. If you don't, then go for the people you feel most connected to. And if you don't feel connected to anyone, then you can do the no preference group, okay? And this will work somehow. Um, It will be, we are expecting teething issues. We're expecting it's not going to be 100% straightforward, but we're going to make it work, all right? So bear with us in the launch phase because obviously, practically, we're doing quite a lot of work to make this happen. It will take us about, uh, the the sign-up starts today. As soon as you get the email, it's open. We are not capping numbers. We are going to let group numbers go as high as they need to go, and we'll deal with that when we get there. 
So if one group um, ends up with 100 people, then what we will do is gather them probably here or somewhere like that, and we'll work with the leaders of that group to work out how we're going to do this. And it will be an organic journey where we go, Holy Spirit, show us what to do, and we work that out together, okay? That's how we're doing it. So we don't want anyone to feel forced into a group they don't want to be in. So there's no prioritization system here. Sign up to the group you want, and we'll deal with the fallout if there is one, okay? So um, that's why we cannot tell you the location of these groups. I know that's frustrating, because you might want to just go to the one that's nearest your home, but... We can't offer that yet because we don't know how many people are in each group. Once it's up and running, we can put that information out there for future people. But in the short term, um, that's what we're going to have to do. But we are seeking for each group to be within a five-mile radius of Ashington. Now, there's definitely one that will be outside that. Um, I'll tell you which one it is. So... um, uh, Danny and James Peterson will probably be in Shoreham for the short term, but we've got a, a work, some work to do on you know, how we make that work. So if that's nearer your area, just so you know, that one is outside of the five-mile radius. But most of the, I think all the others are within it, so um, it shouldn't be too difficult to get there is what I'm saying. Okay? Um, if after you've signed up and it's like that's just too far away, Come and talk to us, and we can work something out, okay? Um, We don't want anyone to be stuck in something that isn't working. So we will be there to help um, if you get into that situation. You can email me, or you can email Nick Graham Smith. His email will be attached to the email we're sending out. So that's that piece. What else do I need to tell you just before we um, wrap up? Oh, when are the groups meeting? We are uh, expecting Wednesday nights, 7.45 to 9.45, and it will be every other week. They will not be every week. So it will be once every other week, um, 7.45 to 9.45, but one group, the Taylors, Nick and Danny Taylor, is going to meet Sunday afternoon. That's in the email, so you'll see that, and that will be about 3.30 till 6, something like that. There will be a slightly different focus on that. It will have more of a focus on families, but we're not expecting every family to join that group, a family with young kids, because that will probably overpower it. Um, So don't feel you have to join Sunday afternoon, um, because we are asking all the groups to do stuff that the whole family can come to. So we are aware that Wednesday night doesn't work if you've got young children, But the idea would be that some weeks you go, we're not meeting on Wednesday. This week we're doing a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon and we're all going to get together with all the kids and stuff like that. But there will be a Sunday group at at this launch phase that will be every other week on a Sunday afternoon. And if that's really important to you, that's probably the one you want to sign up for. Okay? Um, All right. I just want to make sure I've got everything. Oh, if you're worried about joining the, wo- the wrong group, please don't worry. Um, it, you know, it's just... Um, if, if the relationship breaks down with the leaders of that group, what we would say to you is, well, what are you going to do about it? Okay? 
we're going to put it back on you and say, grow up. All right? Because, because this is really important. This is really important. Do you know how many church splits there are because people don't grow up? It's, it's really a problem. And we have got to learn to do relationships with people that we wouldn't naturally, you know, necessarily make our closest friends. That's what it means to be the kingdom of God. So we will say to you, what are you going to do about it? And if it's disastrous, then we will work something out together, okay? But in the, in the short term, we're going to say, over to you, what are you going to do and how are you going to work this out? It's a great opportunity for us to grow in our interpersonal skills um, and in how we relate to one another. So that's really exciting. Um, this stuff pushes buttons, okay? But buttons, when they're pushed... If we do it in family, in community, lead you to a stronger place. And you get healthy emotionally as a result. So we would not be doing the right thing if we came in and, you know, just fixed the problem. So that's what I want to say about that one. Uh, but don't worry as well. All, we believe in all the leaders. They are amazing people. Um, and I think something we expect is very, very quickly on we will be having to birth new family communities. And I'm talking, we might need to do this in the first month of it launching. We just don't know right now because it depends how you will respond, okay? Um, what if I don't know the leaders? I've done that. Sixth month rule, I've done that. We're not doing that. Um, and, and what will happen on a night, I've kind of covered that. So here's the thing. The groups are not having a clear structure on purpose because we're like Holy Spirit what are you doing Father what are you doing let's go with that so please with your uh, leaders when this uh, gets up and running uh, first groups we're expecting will meet on the 25th of March um, or and it might be a week or two later but with your leaders bear with them because they are stepping out in real faith to do this we are believe in them fully, but they need your support as well. Uh, and you've just promised it. <laughs> so, um, so they need your support, okay? And we want to be championing them, doing what they're doing, so they can champion us in being part of that kingdom family community. Does that all make sense? Good. Okay. <clears throat> Oh, sorry. I, can't, I haven't got time for many, but does anyone have a burning question? That Brenda. Yeah, no, well, we understand that. But we are aware, we are aware of this issue, and I'm sorry that this is how we're having to do it. Um, but it's in order for it to, to, to carry the life we need it to carry, this is how we've discerned we've got to do it. Um, in, you know, in time, as I've said, if for very practical reasons it doesn't work, talk to us or email us and we will work something out and try and get you closer to where you live. Okay? But we are focusing this in that radius. 
um, and we don't, we're not particularly wanting it to go outside of that. So, um, uh, you know, that's just in the short term. As it grows and new life comes, you know, maybe we'll start groups in Edinburgh, I don't know. But um, uh, it, it just, um, in the initial phase, it will be like that. Um, but if it is too complicated, and once the location information comes out and you're like, oh my gosh, that's going to take, you know, 50 minutes to get there, then come and talk to us and, and we will um, work something out. So if, certainly for practical stuff, do, do come and talk to us. Any other um, burning questions? No? Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> So, we are super excited. What I would love to do, if you'll humour us, is um, I know a lot of the Kangaroo family leaders have had to go um, because of children or whatever. Um, but though, how many, can you just stick your hand up if you're one of them? Because I want to see how many we've got here. We've got enough. Yeah, let's do this. What I'd love to do before you're released to go is do a fire tunnel here. And the Kingdom Family Community leaders are going to walk through and just pray your best. Don't worry about if you've only been here a day. Um, we just, a fire tunnel, literally in your seat, turn to the aisle and you're just praying blessing. God bless these guys. Hit them with your spirit. Whatever the language is right for you. And if you're kind of right at the ends, just do it from where you are. And we're going to sort of end the service with, with that. I don't know if we've got a closing song okay we'll put something yeah that's better yeah we'll put something wasn't it great to have Sarah back yeah, yeah. yeah. Woo. oh it's so great to have you back doing worship um so we'll put some we'll put some music on obviously if you need to go please go but if you've got a couple of minutes just to bless the kingdom family leaders as they come through down the central aisle let's do that so let's stand We'll put some worship on. Let me, oh, let me just release a blessing as well. Father, we thank you for this exciting venture. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will breathe life into this as we seek to live as a kingdom family community at the bigger level, but also at the level of family. And bless our leaders now as they come through the fire tunnel. May they know your presence and your anointing as they come. Those, uh, also, if you're standing in the sidelines and maybe going to lead in the next few months or something, uh, you go through the tunnel as well. Um, you'll know if you are. So if you're just thinking, I'd like to do that, that's not you. <laughs> I, I'm talking to people who know, okay? Um, and, yeah, uh, and, but may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us always. Amen. One more, one more thing. If you don't get the email, just email office at chanksandbreeder.org.uk. So I think it's coming out at 1 o'clock. If by 6 p.m. tonight you still haven't got the email, email office at chanksandbreeder.org.uk saying, I never got the email, please can you link it to me, and then we'll get you into the system. All right? And you've got 10 days for signing up. Sign up closes on midnight on the 11th of March. Okay? So it was 10, 11 days. Where's the... Guys, do you want to come forward? Let's turn and form the fire tunnel and let's bless our kingdom. This is just for the kingdom family community leaders uh, and those who might be launching in a few months' time as well and, and their families. 
and walk through the aisle. And church, let's just bless the socks off these guys. Bless you.